0: Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, you might guess it's a famous verse, famous passage. We're continuing our study of what we're calling 12 biblical truths that every Christian must understand. And they're not just the foundational type things. It's some things that I think everybody needs to be able to put together. And our goal is that you'd know these things and be able to pass them on. In fact, that's, our goal is to know the key biblical truths and be able to communicate these truths to other people. So what are we supposed to know? What are, what, what are we supposed to do? How do we live these things out? We realize that a lot of Christians don't know or understand the Bible, don't understand just basic things. And what we don't, we saw in our first lesson the story of the Bible, which is reconciliation. And then we saw in our last lesson the great truth that God has this total plan of salvation, past, present, and future, justification, sanctification, glorification. In this lesson, we're gonna we're gonna let me let me go back to here. In this lesson, we're gonna look at a great truth that People are always confused about. And it's amazing to me how many people are. But it's the question is this. When a person believes in Jesus Christ for eternal life, are they saved and saved forever? I mean, so it raises that question. When somebody believes in Jesus Christ, are they saved and saved forever? Now, we we would say what? Yeah. Yeah, but here's some questions. Can a person lose their salvation? There are a lot of people who think they can. Can a person know that they're saved? There are a lot of people who don't think you can know whether you're saved or not. Can we look at someone and tell if they're saved? And there are a lot of people say, you look at a lifestyle, a real Christian wouldn't do something like that. Then, is salvation a gift, or is salvation earned? And there's many people who would say, well, you come, there's what they call just a, a regular faith, and then there's the, the, the second aspect of it that actually gets you saved, that kind of thing. And then, what is God's promise concerning salvation? What is it? It's eternal life, isn't it? That's what the promise is. So as we look this evening, we're going to explore this, the biblical truths concerning our security and assurance. When we say security and assurance, sometimes they sound like the same thing, but they're not. They're a little bit different. We'll see how it fits together. We want to understand this biblical truth. In fact, when we get back to the end, I'll try to remember, if you remind me, let's go back and answer these same questions uh, at the very end and see how it fits together. Well, what is the most famous verse in the Bible? What would you say? Most most everybody would say John 3.16. Most people know the verse, even people who aren't believers, even people that hadn't gone to church, maybe some in their life, but they do that. And when you you look at John 3.16, you have what what we call the message, the response, and the offer. I like to write it up there like this. There's the message, the response, and the offer. And that's found in John 3.16. The message is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and paid for sin and rose again. The response is to believe in him. And the offer is what? Eternal life. And so that's really the the, the whole aspect of that. So let's think about the verse. If you've got your Bible open, I've got it right up here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now that, when we think about that, that's really the message of this thing. The message is God so loved the world, God loved us, that he gave his son. What did he give his son to do? To, die to So here's the message. He gave his son to come to the earth, to die on the cross, to pay for sin, and rise again. Now remember, we've told you that over and over people will say the gospel message is the death of Christ. No, it's the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the message is he died and rose again. And then the second part is the response. Whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And you notice that John 6, 47 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has what? Has eternal life. And you've got to grasp this because the offer is eternal life. Now, a lot of people, they always say you've got to come to Jesus for forgiveness. It's true you get forgiveness, but you'll find all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the Gospel of John, all throughout the books that are written to talk about eternal life, that the offer is eternal life. You get forgiveness, you get righteousness, you get those things, but the offer is eternal life. And then, so that's the response. And then the offer is, we'll never perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Eternal life is life forever with Jesus Christ. That's what a lot of people don't grasp. We say, if you were to die, would you, uh, people say, I want to go to heaven. Well, eternal life is uh, an an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ forever. So, I I always begin with this question, uh, how long is eternal life? Till so it goes on forever. So the moment you believe and you get what? Eternal life. And that means you have eternal life forever. If it could end, it wasn't what? It wasn't eternal life, it was life for a while. And the Bible doesn't say God's so the loved world that gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will maybe perish, but will have temporary life. It doesn't say that. It says you'll never perish and you have what? eternal life and so as we begin this lesson i want to hit this because it's really true when when we believe do we get eternal life or temporary life and so we're going to look so what do we get when we believe and there are people out there who will say you get eternal life but they think it's temporary life because they'll say yes you 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 get eternal life but you could lose it okay is that possible if it, if you could lose it you didn't have what eternal life. And so we'll, we'll talk through that. So I've got, um, let me move this out of the way just to kind of see where we are. I've got uh, s- six things we're going to look at tonight. And the first one is we're going to look at the definitions of security and assurance. They sound the same, they sound alike, a lot alike, but they're not, and we'll see how they fit together. Then we're going to see the importance of understanding security and assurance. And then we're going to talk about understanding security. The second one is, why is it so important to understand this? And then we're going to start understanding security. Then we'll understand assurance. And then we'll see what is the whole basis for security and assurance. And then we'll look. As we go through we're going to talk about a lot of things. But at the very end, I've got just a couple of passages I want you to look at because uh, is it, it, the kind of passages from the Bible that you go, wow. It makes so much sense, so let 's start. I hope that you want to write those down. you can uh we're going to be going through each one of them, so we'll have a one, two, three, four, five, six all the way through, and so you can rewrite them again if you want to, or we'll just see it. Everybody pretty much got it you don't have to write them all down because you'll get them as we go through i'll give everybody just another minute to write. <clears throat> So once again, definitions we 're going to see what is what is security, what is assurance? why is it so important? so understand it then what exactly is it, and what exactly is assurance, what exactly is security and then how is that? how do we have what is the basis? And then some passages as well. We're going to see a lot of passages as as we go through. Okay, y'all pretty much ready? Let's look at this. Let's look at the first one is the definitions of security and assurance. So let's start with this. The definition, so security means to be held safe. It means to be protected. When we talk about it in the Bible, it would be this way. We'd say, are you saved and saved forever? Have Have you ever had people come up to you and say, do you believe once saved, always saved? Has anybody ever asked you that? What they're, they're, some people who say that are actually question it. They're saying, so you believe that, but it's not true. No, uh, security means to be held and safe and protected. And we, when we think about it, we think about the fact that when you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved and secure forever. That's what it means. The basis is the character of God. What did he promise? Eternal life. Listen, what did, <clears throat> if Jesus said to you, I give you eternal life And you will never perish. Do you think you would perish? Who made the promise? Is his character, does he he keep his promises? Does he keep his word? He cannot lie, right? His character is he cannot lie. We'll talk more about it a little bit later on. So uh, security is being held and protected. Assurance, now get this one now. Assurance is our understanding of our security in Christ. Assurance is our understanding of our security. The fact is that when you believe in Jesus... Let's put it this way. Let's just say this is the whole idea of saved. Here you are. Uh, 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 let's just put person. And Jesus died and rose again. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You believe in him for eternal life. And the moment you believe, you're placed in Christ. And you have eternal life. Well, that's security. That's security. Assurance is you understand that there are people who have believed in Jesus Christ and have eternal life, and they don't know it, or they're not sure about it. And that's why assurance comes in. It's so important. We have assurance as we know we are saved. It's, by the way, this should say 1 John 5:13. 13. I, I found that uh, after I looked over these, I found two mistakes, and I'll tell them both to you later on. This one, it, I'll tell you one of them right now. One of them, it, says, it should say 1 John 5:13. It says, These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may hope that you have eternal life. Uh, wish that you had eternal life. What does it say? That you can know that you have eternal life assurance is your understanding of your security in Christ. He says, when you believe, I give you eternal life. And assurance is saying, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved because the word of God says that. And I know uh, that I have the assurance of my salvation. So our security is being safe in Christ and our assurance is knowing that we're safe in Christ. Now, as you look at this, I've got a little contrast. So security is being safe in Christ. Assurance is knowing it. That's why they're different. You can be secure but not have assurance. Okay? And so, with this is mind, I want to show you a contrast between assurance and security. Eternal, she's got these backwards. Eternal security and personal assurance. Eternal security is a fact. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you are secure forever. Now, assurance is subjective. It's based on your experience. You may or may not know that you're saved forever. The second one is, every believer has uh, the eternal security. Not every believer has assurance. Do you know people who aren't sure they're going to heaven? Have they believed in Christ for their sa- as their Savior? And you can talk to them, and then they'll say, well, I hope I'm going. I have to tell you this quick story. I had to go up to the hospital. This has been about 10 years ago. Hospital called me. I just happened to know a nurse up there, and it was an older lady in ICU, and they thought she was going to die. And she was asking for a pastor. And so she called the, la- the nurse called me and said, hey, would you come up here and talk to this lady? I thought I'd be glad to. So I got up there and went into the room. And this sweet little lady was there. And I started talking to her. And I said, well, let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you believed in Jesus to give you eternal life? And she said, oh, yes. I said, so you know you have eternal life. I hope so. I said, "Oh no, I said, let, let me say, you you believed in Christ to give you eternal life, right?" And He's given you eternal life. She said, "Yes." I said, "So you know that you have eternal life and you're saved forever." And she said, "I hope so." And I'm, I, I talked to her for 30 minutes, and she never once said that she knew she had eternal life, even though she said she believed in Christ for eternal life, but she never said it. So, eternal security is an objective fact, while assurance is subjective. Every believer is secure. Not every believer has the assurance. Uh, The eternal security is dependent on God's faithfulness, while a personal assurance is dependent on my understanding of God's faithfulness. And this last one is, it's independent from my feelings, whether I feel like it or not. I have a friend that, that every now and then calls me and doubts his salvation. And he'll say, I, 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 I think I'm, I feel like I'm going to hell. I said, well, I feel like I'm going to hell sometime too. But it has nothing to do with it, right? It's not your feelings. It's, it's the objective truth. It's the fact that Jesus Christ has given us eternal life. And so it's independent from my feelings. This is dependent on my faith in God. My personal assurance goes back to that. So, does this make sense? I just want you to grasp this. This is the difference. This is the thing that you need to see, that every person who has believed in Jesus Christ has the secure, they are secure in Christ, but not every person has assurance. What we want is for everybody to have both, that, to, to know that they are secure. That's assurance. Now, let's talk about this next thing. And this is, why is it so important? The importance of understanding what we just talked about. The importance of understanding our security and and having assurance. Why does it matter? In fact, somebody could say this. Listen, if you believe in Christ, you have what? What do they give you? Turn around. And whether you know it or not, what difference does it make? That's what some people say. You'll go, and even if you don't even know, you'll go, and one day you'll get up there and you'll go. I didn't know I was coming. Right. It does make a difference, and why? It affects us in two ways. So the importance of understanding, security, and insur- assurance two ways. Number one, it affects our stability. Those who, are, who do not have the assurance of their salvation live unstable lives. Let me tell you why. Because they're up and down. When they're doing good, and they feel like they're living for God, and they're not doing bad, and you talk to them, and they say, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going. And then they get sin in their life, and they mess up, and they do things wrong. And they look at their life and they say, oh, and then they start saying, oh, gosh, I, I don't know if I'm saved. I hope I am. And they live this unstable life. It affects your stability because they're up and down and up and down. And like I told you, I have a friend that every now and then he'll call me and he's on top of the world. He's on top of the world. And then he'll call me and he says, I think I'm going to hell. And, 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 I'll, and I'll say, no, no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And so it affects your stability. The second thing, and this is a key one, the second thing, it affects our service. It affects our service. When a believer is unsure of their salvation, they serve God out of fear rather than love. I know people who say, well, why, you, why do you do what you do? I do it because I just want to, you know, I just want to hang on to what I got. I want to make sure I'm saved. I want to do what God wants me to do because I want to make sure I'm saved. They're serving God out of fear. They're serving God to try to hang on to their eternal life, so to speak, when we should be serving God out of what? Out of love. Love for what He's done. I've had people actually say to me, well, if you tell people they're saved and saved forever, oh, they'll live badly. Well, they might. They might not. In fact, when a believer has to be actually grasps the grace of God and understands He died for us and He saved us forever and we're His child, we tend more to serve out of love, not to sin. And, and that's, that's the bottom line. And so uh, we, we think, wow, what, what has God done for us? And so they're, they're very important uh, assur- because it affects our service, it affects our stability. Assurance and security is so important because it affects the stability and service of the believer. Let me ask you a question Do we want believers to serve God trying to keep themselves saved or to prove to themselves or to others that they're saved? No, we don't want people to serve God to prove to themselves that they're saved or to try to keep themselves saved. Who saved you? Who keeps you saved? You don't keep yourself saved. You're not holding on to God. He's holding on to you, right? Nobody can pluck you out of what? His hands, right? So you're not holding on to God. You know when you got little kids and you and you, you walk out and you're them across the street and you say, Here, give me your hand. And and they think maybe they're holding on to you, but you're really holding on to them. Because if you're not kept, they'll just jump out and run them right across the street. So you're gonna hold on. What does God do for us? He grabs our hand. He said, "You're mine, and you're mine forever." And so it affects our stability. It affects our service. Do we want people serving, trying to keep themselves safe? Do you know there's this there's this idea that there are a lot of people out there, and they they call it looking at people's fruits. You know, you'll know them by their fruits. By the way, that passage has nothing to do. With, uh, a, a, with salvation. It has nothing to do with look at a person's life and see if they're saved. It has to do with false prophets and it has to do with their message. And we'll, we'll talk about that passage a little bit later if you want to. But the bottom line is there are a lot of people who will say you need to look at people's lives to see if they're saved. You can't tell by the way. You can't tell by somebody's life. Let me show you why. What if, what if you saw me and I was living a good life? What would you might think? that I'm saved, but I could be an unbeliever living a good life. What if you saw me living a bad life? You could say, I don't think he's saved, but I could be a believer living a bad life. And so you can't look at lifestyle because I could either be a believer living good or bad, or I could be a belie- unbeliever living good or bad. You can't look at lifestyle and tell. So when people use verses like, you'll know them by their fruits... It's not talking about their lifestyle because they act, That passage actually says these false prophets look like sheep. Look like sheep. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. So it's not lifestyle. It's talking about. He's actually talking about their message. Listen. How do you know? How do you know I'm saved? By what you say. By what I say. Exactly. You can't go by my lifestyle. I could be just living good. But if you said to me, J.B., if you were to die, would you go to heaven? And I go, yeah. And you say, why? And I say, because I've tried to live a good life. You may say he may be a good guy, but his message is wrong. He's not believing in Christ. But if you came to me and said, J.B., if you were to die, would you go to heaven. I say, yeah. Why? Because I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, and I know I have eternal life. Then you might say, I'm pretty sure he's saved. You can't be saved. You can't tell by lifestyle. You can tell by message. And that's really the key. That's why when you've got to talk to people, you don't look at people and say that person lives a bad life or that person lives a good life. You can't tell it all that way. So be careful when somebody ever... Because they will. They'll bring up to you and they'll quote the passage. You'll know them by their fruits. Take them over there. Look at the context. It's talking about false prophets, not believers who look like unbelievers or something like that. Okay. So do we want believers to serve to keep themselves saved? Or to prove it to themselves or somebody else that they're saved? No, no, we We want them to live stable lives, serving God out of love. So, eternal security is yours if you have believed in Christ for eternal life. Personal assurance may or may not be yours. And we all know people who, who believed in Christ And maybe struggled for a long time because they were never taught, they never understood that salvation is a gift and that once you believe, you're saved and you're saved forever. And they've never understood that. And they thought, well, maybe I could lose it or maybe if I don't keep on going, I might not make it or something. And, uh, you know, so now let me give you, I I put um, what I call kind of four levels and I want you to see this, just to think about it, okay? Here's the four levels. There's, there are people who are sure they're going to heaven, but they're not safe. And what I mean by not safe, they're not going. Do you know people who think they're going to heaven and they're not? Do, do you? I know, listen, there are people in this town that go to church every Sunday. And if you ask them if they were to have eternal life or if they're going to heaven, they'd say, yeah. And then when you ask them why, they don't even know. And they say things like, well, I've gone, to, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Methodist. I've been a Methodist. I had a guy one time, I asked him, you know, if he was going to heaven. He said, yeah. And I said, why? He said, because I'm a Presbyterian. My whole family is Presbyterian. We've always been Presbyterian. I thought, what does that have to do with going to heaven, right? And so that there are people who are sure they're going, but they're not going. In fact, I, I'm going to be in a sad thing, but I think there are going to be a large number of people who think they're saved and they're not because they thought going to church or trying to be good or getting baptized or trying to do the right thing, they thought that had something to do with their salvation. So I think, number one, I think we're going to find a... a, I think when the rapture happens, there's going to be a lot of people left behind who are religious people who thought they were going, and they're not going. The second one is, they're not sure they're going, and they're not going. (laughs) And there are people... Have you ever talked to somebody and said, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? And they go, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I've talked to people who said, oh, I know I'm not going. (laughs) So they're not sure, and they're not going. But how about those that are secure, but they're not sure? Those are people that, that have eternal life, and you talk to them. It's just like that little lady, and I said, well, you put your faith in Christ. You have eternal life. She said, yes. I said, so you know for sure you're going to heaven. You have eternal life. And she said, I hope so. And she never could say yes. She never could say yes. I finally left after 30 minutes and said, this poor little lady doesn't know for sure whether she's going to heaven, even though she says she's believed in Christ for her salvation and eternal life. So there are people who are secure, but they just don't know. And then the last, did somebody have a question? Did you have an input? Okay, well, you've got to be careful because if somebody says, Oh, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe you have to be baptized, you're not really just believing in Jesus for eternal life. You're believing your baptism saves you. And I think that there's a, there's a thing, there may be a person who, in fact, I don't think there's a lot of people who maybe at one point in their life understood and just believed in Jesus to give them salvation, to give them eternal life, and then they've gotten confused along the way, and somebody's told them you need to be baptized, or somebody told them you could lose it if you didn't live right, and before you know it, they're confused. There's a book by Zane Hodges called The Gospel Under Siege. Anybody read that book? Good night. Y'all need to read that book. It's one of the best ever. At the very start of the book, he has a little preface, and here's how he starts it. He, start, he says, uh, Jimmy believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life today. And he did. Jimmy's happy. That's what it says. Jimmy's really happy. He's all excited. He can hardly wait. He's fixing to go to work and he can hardly wait to tell people that he knows he has eternal life. He's believed in Jesus for eternal life. On the way to go to work, he meets his friend named Bob. He says, you know, Bob's always been religious and and knows a lot of the Bible. So Jimmy goes to Bob and said, Bob, guess what? I I believed in Jesus Christ and I, I know I have eternal life. And Bob says, well, I mean, well, maybe you believed and maybe you didn't. You can't always really know if you believe something. And Jimmy went, what? He said, well, you know, because you, you can't really know because you really, in fact, the truth is you can't really know if you believed and are saved until you get to the end of your life. He said, what? I thought the moment I believed I had eternal life. Well, we, you can't really know whether you believe or not. And, and y- you know, you may have just thought you believed. And, and by the, it, it, the, the little article goes on, and then it finally says at the end that, you know, that Bob says, you know, uh, we'll talk again someday, but, you know, uh, something, he goes off, and it says, so, and Jimmy, who was all excited about having eternal life, is now questioning whether he actually does have eternal life. And that it happens all the time. There are people who believe in Christ and then get confused. There are people. I had a friend that said he believed in Jesus, but he wanted to be baptized to make sure he was okay. I said, are you trusting your baptism or are you trusting in Jesus? He said, both. I said, it's not grace and works. It's grace through faith, not grace and works. I just want to be sure. I said, if Jesus ain't enough for you, you know, is he enough for you or not? So that's a great question. I think that if a person's trusting anything other than Jesus Christ, I'm not sure they're saved. But that's not up to me, but, that, but I think that if they're trusting Christ and then get confused later, I think they are saved, but they may be confused, and they may not even have an assurance. They may, they may be the person who the third one down who actually believed in Christ and secured, but they just don't know. They're not sure anymore. I talked to people, we have a Thursday morning group of guys, and some of those said, you know, they were younger, they trusted in Christ, and then as they grew up in in certain churches, they were told you need to keep repenting of your sins, keep walking down an aisle, keep doing this, keep... And they got so confused toward the end, they said, I just don't know if I'm really saved, and I don't know if I ever was saved. And so that's why I think that there's these levels, and what we want is number four, that you... You you know that you're saved and you are secure because Jesus Christ saved you and you know it, and you have both the security and the assurance. You have the assurance of your salvation. It's very very, it's important. Uh, Listen, if you don't have the assurance of your salvation, look. I don't know everybody in here. I mean, I don't know everybody really close. If you could be sitting out there saying, "I hope I'm saved," "I think I'm saved." Listen, you need to know that if you believe in Jesus Christ, he's giving you eternal life, and you're saved and saved forever, and you don't need to serve him out of fear to try to hang on to something, but you need to serve him out of love because what he's done for you. And, and, and so that, that's really a key. All right, let's get to the third section, okay? The third thing is let's understand what security actually is, okay? And we need to think about it, and it goes back to this question. What the three, basically, three things. What, what does eternal life mean? What does it mean? See, I want you to understand, eternal life is, deals with a relationship. See, I've had people say, you can believe in Jesus Christ, and then you can give back the gift. When the Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and out of yourselves, the gift of God, not of worthless, any one should the, the salvation, which is the gift of God, is an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a it's not a package that you can give back to God. You're trusting in Jesus Christ, and He makes you His child. You become a child of God. You become born again. You become a new creation in Christ. And so, the moment you believe, eternal life is an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. He'll never leave you or forsake you. If you were to die to be front from the body, is to be what present with you. You're never going to be a, you're never going to be away from Him ever. And so, when we say, what does eternal life mean? It's not just some package you can say, well, I got eternal life, but then I gave it back. It's not that. It's an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, of course, we know, let me, let me say this. If, if it could ever end, it wasn't what? It wasn't eternal. And you've got to be real careful on that because there are a lot of people who say, well, I'm saved. And I say, what does that mean? I mean, it's okay to use the word saved because the Bible uses it. By grace, you've been saved through faith, you know. Uh, sirs what must I do to be saved to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved so there's nothing wrong with saying the word saved we want people to understand that salvation is an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ that's what it is and either either you have eternal life or you don't uh, and so the second big one is salvation is either by grace or by works. It, it can't, it's not both. Romans eleven six says if it is grace, it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. You can't say, yeah, I believe in Jesus and get baptized and those two things will save me. There's no such thing as both grace and works for salvation. Salvation is by grace through faith. They can't go together. God doesn't say, you do your part and I'll do my part. Uh-uh. He does it all. He's the Savior. You're not the Savior. I mean, that's one of the great things to realize. You're not the Savior. You think of of people that, I I did this. Listen, y'all, I believe that before I understood about Jesus, I thought you stand before God, and if you do more good than bad, you go to heaven. So I thought I was my Savior. I basically said, okay, what I got to do is live good, do good, and every time I do a bad, do good, do a couple of goods, and when I stand before God, he'll say, you did it. You did more good than bad, you get to go. I didn't realize, I'm not a Savior. I can't save myself. By grace, you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Jesus did it all. And so when I put my faith in Christ for eternal life, when I was in college... I, I knew right then it wasn't one thing I could ever do was doing then or will ever do it was the gift of God that he gave me eternal life so salvation is, is either by grace or it's by works now you, you can't get to God by works I put it that way because you can't you can't it's not both Romans eleven six. if it's grace is no longer works otherwise grace is no longer grace there's a third thing and that is there are clear verses that tell us that by faith we have eternal life and we are secure John 3, 16, 1 John 5, 11 through 13, basically says, These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. You may know you have eternal life. John 20, 30 and 31, there are many other signs Jesus did, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, you might have life in his name. John eleven twenty five 25 and 26, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of the life. He who believes in me will never Okay? so those are great verses, and there's all kinds of verses that talk about salvation It's just by grace through faith. I just put those up there. so uh, that is the security that we have. I hope every one of us in this room that that not only are you're secure, but you're ready to help somebody else understand it okay with that in mind, we go to understanding assurance. okay now remember security does every believer have security? Yes, yes, yeah. Is every believer secure? Yes. yes. Okay, does every believer have assurance? No. no, and that's the deal. So we want to look at this. Let's talk about understanding assurance. Assurance is our understanding of our what? Security, Security. exactly. And we know that God has promised to us eternal life, and we are kept forever. This verse, John 10:28. I give, this is Jesus speaking, I give eternal life to them. Okay, now what did he give? Eternal life. And they will what? Never perish. Okay, now, if you could perish, then who lied? God, God lied. Yeah, because God said what? I give you eternal life and you'll never what? And then he says, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Who's holding on to you? God is. That's Jesus speaking, by the way. And I just want you to understand that you, you can know sure that you're saved and saved forever. Because what does he say? What's our assurance based on? The promise of God. I give you eternal life. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. Same for us. And nobody can snatch them out of my hand. Now, I had a... a uh, I used to get uh, some tapes from a guy that I'd listened to back in the days when you had cassette tapes. And uh, I was fairly young believer. But I started listening to him and, and he was wrong. He believed that you could know for sure if you were saved and he, but I started listening one time and he said this, it's good, he said, it's good for a believer not to have assurance because if they don't have assurance they'll serve God real hard trying to keep themselves saved. And so he was saying that it was good for people to serve God out of fear. Is that right? Do we want that? You know, no. We want people to serve God out of love. Why? Because what has he done? What has he done for us? He's given to us eternal life and we will never perish. And nobody... Nothing can pluck us out of God's hands. Okay, I want you to turn, flip over to almost the back of your Bible to first John, okay? First all the way over, and it's toward the end when you get to the book of Revelation, you get you gone too a little too far. First and second, third John, but look at first John chapter five, and I want you to see some verses that are powerful. And this deals with our assurance of our salvation. And there's a verse here that I use all the time that when somebody says, I hope I'm saved, I can say, let me show you a great truth from the Bible, okay? And so we're going to see it. This is 1 John chapter 5, verses 11, 12, and 13. Notice how verse 11 begins. And the testimony is this. This is God's testimony. That God has given us what? Eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Now, how do we have eternal life? It's in the Son, Jesus Christ. It's an eternal what? relationship life eternal life is in the son who is the son that's jesus he said this is the testimony that god has given to us eternal life." and let's stop from it how long is eternal life okay it's forever so god has given to us eternal life and the life is in the son the Son is the way, the truth, and the life. Look, Jesus Christ uh, is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I love that the, at the end, when Jesus is with the guys and they're about to leave the upper room to go out to the garden, this is the last night with them, and he says something like, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe, you know, believe, you know, believe in God, believe in me, in my father's room, house. There are many rooms. It wasn't that way. I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. When I get it ready, I'll come back and get you. And then he says, And you know the way. And Thomas says, I don't know the way. We don't know the way. What is the way? And Jesus says, I am the what? The way and the truth and the life. Don't ever forget that. The life is in the Son. Jesus is life. He's the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is in a person. you understand that? Resurrection is a person. Jesus died on the cross, right? And then what? He rose from... The grave. He's the life. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. John 1, 4 says, in him is life. So I want you to understand when he says, he who, that, that, that this, God has said this. He said that he's given to us eternal life, and the life is in the Son. And if you have Jesus Christ, what do you have? You have life, eternal life. He goes on to say this, verse 12. He who has the Son has life. See, by faith in Christ, we have the Son, and we have life. Notice what he says. He who has the Son has life. If you believe in Jesus Christ, what do you have? Life, and it's eternal life. And then he goes on to say this. He who does not have the Son does not have what? Life. If you're not believing in Jesus, there's no life. Let me show you this. We've seen this. I'm just going to erase this real quickly. We've seen this many, many, many times. This is the, you know, I majored in art, so I'm, you know, in college. And so this is, this is a person. We have a body. We have a soul. We have a conscience. And we have a flesh. This is, a, this is an unbeliever. Unbeliever comes in the world with a body, a soul which relates to the world around us, a conscience which tells you right from wrong, and a flesh which is the bent to sin. It's called the old man, it's called the flesh, it's called sin within us. Some people call it the sin nature. It's a natural pull to sin. This is the unbeliever. We come into this world and we are dead. We're dead in our sins, dead in trespasses and sins. We're dead. We don't have life. We may have physical life, but we don't have spiritual life. The moment a person believes and they put their faith in Jesus Christ who died and rose again and they trust in Him, they get life, they're born again, okay? Now watch, because the Bible talks about being born again That's being born spiritually. We were spiritually dead and then we have what I call, wait, I just write it in here as the human spirit, which means we're now spiritually alive. We were dead in sin, now we're alive in Christ, and for us, since we're in the church age, God actually gives the Holy Spirit to come live inside of us. So as a believer, we still have a body, we still have a soul, which relates to the world around us, we still have a conscience, we still have a pull to sin, but we're new creation in Christ. We're born again, we were spiritually dead, now we're spiritually alive. If you have the Son, you have life, but if you don't have the Son, you don't have what? You don't have life. You don't have any life. And so, when you believe, you're born again, a new creation. And then, for us, Holy Spirit comes to live in us. Listen, Old Testament people were born again. When they believed in, Christ, when they believed in the coming Messiah, they were born again. But the Holy Spirit did not come and permanently indwell in believers in the Old Testament. It does now for us. So, if you have the Son, you have what? And if you don't have the Son, you don't have What? Life And so, uh, it's powerful. And then at the top of the next page, he says this. All who believe can know. He says, He who has a son has life. Who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things are written to you who do what? Who what? What is it? Believe in the name of the son of God so that you may what? No. Know that you have eternal life. Have you believed in the name of the son of God? The answer is yes. yes. What do you know you have? Eternal life. When did it start? The moment you believed. How long does it last? Forever. Because it is an eternal relationship. I mean, it's amazing, y'all. That's why when somebody doesn't understand that they're saved and saved forever, they're missing out on so much truth from the Bible, and they just don't grasp it. So we we can know for sure we have eternal life. Now this last part, these the, next two, the we got two more to go. The basis for security and assurance. What is it? What is the basis for all of this? And we can put it this way: What is the basis for our security? It goes back to Titus chapter one verse two. And you can put in your little blank there: the character of God. Titus one two says, "In the hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie did what? What did He promise? Eternal life." And he promised it, and he cannot what? Lie. The character of God says, when God says, I give you eternal life, and you shall never perish, guess what? You have eternal life, and what? You'll never perish. That's just that's what it boils down to. And it goes to the character of God. And so we're seeing that... Uh, What three things do we see concerning God's character in Titus chapter 1, verse 2? Let me read it to you again. Uh, Well, let's do this. Just because of time, and I'm looking, it's going pretty fast. Uh, There are three things that he said in that verse. Let me go back to the verse. Remember this verse? In the hope of eternal life, which God who cannot, it's supposed to say cannot lie, promised long ago. What three things do we see? The hope of eternal life, God who cannot lie, promised long ago. So write those three things in there. What did he promise you? Can you lie? Do you have eternal life? When did it begin? Now the reason, the reason I say that is because there are people who think this. Let me let me erase this. And I want to show you this and we'll see it in another verse in just a minute. But there are people who think this way. Okay, here's Jesus. He died on the cross. And they believe in him. And they say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going to get eternal life. And when do I get it? When I die. There's a lot of people who think that. And they say, yeah, I believed in Jesus, and when I die, I get to go be with him forever. That's eternal life. That's what they think. They think sometimes from the time I believe to the time I die, I could mess up. And I could lose it all. I, I don't, I'm not going to get it when time comes. But the truth is this, you don't get eternal life when you die. You get eternal life the moment you believe. Yeah. Truly, truly, I say to you, here's my word and believes him who sent me has, present tense, eternal life. The moment you believe, you get eternal life. So God who cannot lie promised long ago what? Eternal life. And I want you to see this. This is pretty powerful. The real, the real foundation for all of this goes back, and this is the A and the B, God's promises and God's power. And I want you to see this. We'll go through it fairly quickly, and then we'll... I, I want to have, if, if possible, I've not done this before, and I've not taught this class in this way before, so if you've got questions or comments, when we get to the end, if we get through a little a touch early or something, I, I'm going to open it up for any kind of questions you might have, because there's so many people that you deal with that maybe say things like well you can believe but you don't you can't know if you actually believed or not and and it, that's not true what is faith what is let me throw this out for a second what is faith okay, what is believe, what faith is taking god at his word that's all faith is he says i give you eternal life you'll never perish you say i, I have eternal life i'll never perish cuz Faith is being persuaded. That's what it actually is. That's why Paul said, We persuade men. You heard the message that Jesus died for you and paid for sin, and that if you believed in him, you would have eternal life, and you were persuaded that you believed in him for eternal life. You saw the truth. That's what it boils down to. So it comes back to God's promises and God's power. So I want you to see this, and this is pretty neat. Let's look at this passage, John 10, 28. I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Now, you all know that verse, right? Okay, so we're going to look at two things here. We're going to look at God's promise and God's power. What is God's promise in this verse? What? I get eternal life, and they shall what? Never perish. So what is the promise? That Jesus Christ gives eternal life, that they'll never perish. How long is eternal life? It's forever. What does it mean to perish? What does perish mean? To die or to be separated. So what's his promise? You get eternal life, and you'll never be separated from God. Okay? Now, we said there's two things. God's promise and God's what? Power. Let me go back. What's the power here? I give eternal life to them and they'll never perish. That's the promise. What's the power? What? No one can snatch them out of my hand. What's the power? Nobody's able to pull us out of the hand. If somebody can pull us out of God's hand, then they're more powerful than God. Because Jesus says, I'm holding on to you. You're not holding on to me. I'm holding on to you. So what is God's promise in John 10, 28? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, it's just it's just real simple. The promise really is he gives eternal life and will never perish. I just raised the question, how long is eternal life, which we've already talked about, is forever. And what does it mean to perish? That's the separation, condemnation, being separated from God forever. So in this verse, what does he say? His promise is, I give you eternal life. And his power is, nobody can stop me. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can pluck you out of my hand. So that's a really amazing Truth, right? Do you feel good about that? What did he promise you? And you'll never what? Perish. And how, how can he keep it? Because he, he's got you. Okay, let's look at another one. This is Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 1, and then the toward at the end, but verse 1 basically says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's the promise? There's no condemnation. What does condemnation mean? What does condemned mean? Well, yeah, but it means condemned to what? And what's that? Lake of fire. Lake of fire, yeah. I always ask this question, and people are afraid to answer it, okay? Did you believe in Jesus Christ to keep from going to hell? I did. I did, right? He's called your what? He's your Savior. Save you from what? What's he saving you from? The lake of fire. I mean, you believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior to give you what? Eternal life because you're dead. And since you're dead, it's called the second death. You'll spend eternity separated from God, which is the second death. And so you believed in Jesus to give you what? Eternal life instead of going to hell. Well, you say that to people and they'll say things like, oh, no, no, I, uh, I believed in Jesus so I could serve him. I said, you were dead in sin. You had no idea what it meant to serve God. Just be honest. Why do you believe in Jesus for eternal life? To keep from what? Go into hell and have an eternal relationship with him. So, bottom line, there, that passage says, there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ. The promise is there's no condemnation. And then later in the verse, later in the passage, it says, what can separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword. For it is written, for his sake, we're being put to death all day long. But we're overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us. I'm, con- I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God. What's the power of God? Nothing can separate us. What's the promise? There is no what? Condemnation. What's the power? Nothing can ever separate you from God. Nothing can ever separate you from God. So I want you to look at this. At the very end, I've got promises and power. Look at this. Here's the promises. What is it? Then these two passages, the promise is, I have eternal life, I'll never perish, and there's no condemnation. Are that the promises? Do you have eternal life? Will you never perish? Will you ever be condemned? No. That's His promise to you. Okay? Anybody got those three? Now, what's the power? You ready for this? Nothing can pull you out and nothing can separate us. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good. I am so thankful that when I wandered into that Bible study, when, when I was in college, And I heard the message that it was a clear grace message that when you believe in Christ, you have eternal life and you are saved forever. I've never doubted my salvation. I've never not understood that I put my faith in Christ and he gave me that moment, eternal life, and I'm saved forever. Now, with that in mind, I want to talk about two things. We got about ten minutes, so I want I want you to look at two special passages. One is John five twenty four, and let let's everybody just flip over there. I don't think I have it. Um, no, I don't. I don't have the verse up. So turn over to John five twenty four. It's a great verse. Okay, tell me when you're all there. Almost everybody there. Okay, look at this verse says, John five twenty four says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, he who he- Jesus is speaking, who he hears my word, who hears my word and believes him who sent me, has eternal life, and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life." Now I want you to see uh, what it says. Who is speaking? He who hears and believes, that means they hear the message and they believe it. What do they get? Has what? That's present tense. The moment you believe, you have eternal life. Then he says, and will never what? Come into what? Condemnation. That's future. Why? Because past tense, they've already passed from death to life. The moment you believe, you've passed from death to life. You have eternal life. You will never come into condemnation. Present tense, eternal life. Future tense, no condemnation. Past tense, you've gone from death to life. Wow. What could be better than that? i got one more verse that's famous. I just want you to see it. It's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, there's a mistake on this. This is supposed to be Perfect tense, not imperfect tense, perfect tense. Perfect tense in the Greek, we just got it typed wrong. Write perfect tense, P-E-R-F-E-C-T, just take the imperfect off, then put perfect. It's perfect tense in the Greek language, which means a past action with continuing results. For by grace you have been saved. What's the past action? What's the continuing results? You're saved. You're saved. That's why Paul wrote it that way. Some of our translations actually say, for by grace you are saved. It actually says, for by grace you have been saved. So if you have a translation that says, by grace you are saved, get rid of it. It's wrong. You don't need a translation that's wrong. We're saved in the past, and we're going on being saved. By grace you're saved through faith. So this is incredible. So let me give you some, some, you got it? So let us me give you some applications. Here we go. Number one, let's understand the difference between security and assurance. Okay? What is security? Eternal life. Okay, it's being held and safe, right? Okay? And what's assurance? Knowing, Knowing that, you. okay? Let's understand that our security, that, let's understand our security in Christ so that we can live stable lives and serve God out of love rather than fear. Because we talk to people all the time and they're serving God out of fear, hoping to hold on to what they got, just not sure that they're saved and thinking if I do the right stuff, I'll be okay. Let's understand that we're secure in Christ and we can live these stable lives, not up and down, and we can serve God out of love rather than fear. Okay. Number three, let's understand the meaning of eternal life and when we get eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life. An eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. When do you get it? The moment Moment you believe. Now that's a key. Because you're going to talk to people every day that think you get eternal life when you die. When do you get it? The moment moment you believe. And then number four. Let's rest in the promise and the power of God concerning our eternal life salvation. What does he promise us? He says, I give you eternal life. You'll never perish. There's no condemnation. What's the power? Nothing can pluck you out of my hand and nothing can separate you.